Wow, July 1st. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's almost 4th of July and so much has transpired in so many of these cases and especially in the Dulos case. But I wanted to talk about a case that really stayed with me the other day. Um, I was talking about this actually last night with someone close to me and they had a, let's say the story I'm going to tell you I believe it's about Michael Blakeman. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you YouTube Michael Blakeman, you can get his sentencing online. This story is so, so tragic. Um, And it's a perfect example of somebody who, as they call in quotes, green, commits a crime. And I don't want to give too much away right off the bat, but then gets nailed to the cross. And I thought the Michael Blakeman story and situation was so, so bad until I heard from a person who actually spent time um, in prison and was actually in a bullpen, they call it, before, which is where they hold prisoners under the court while you're waiting to go speak with your lawyer and see the judge, where he found a very young man um, between the ages of 18 and 20 um, where he was facing some very, very, very crazy circumstances. And it all had to do with just making the right deal and having the right lawyer. And uh, I just think this all is a little bit off topic, but at the same time really shows us a different perspective of the legal system um, and how... You know, Fotis thinks his world is ending, but he has no clue of what others go through um, in the criminal justice system and uh, and how lucky he is in so many ways to have had the system kind of be on his side and not, you know, throw the book at him with small sort of circumstances like getting into New York and... and, um, you know, these types of things are serious violations for other people. And the story I'm about to tell you about Mike Blakeman is truly so tragic and unbelievable that I had to share it with you. Um, basically, he was a IT director. Um, and I won't give his location. And uh, I just, just out of privacy, I just want to be, I mean, even though you, I'd prefer my listeners to look him up on YouTube, if you'd like, um, I don't want to give out that personal information, but he was married, worked in IT, um, lived a very clean life, uh, didn't do a lot of drinking. He said occasional drug use like pot, Um, But he said it was, I think it was his wife's birthday or anniversary or something like that, where he decided to, um, you know, do something special. And I believe buy some either cocaine or marijuana. And the last thing he remembers from the night is waking up and officers surrounding his car and telling him to slowly leave the vehicle. And he didn't know until he was at the hospital that he had killed his wife in vehicular homicide. And it was all because whatever he took was laced with something or it wasn't what it was supposed to be or his reaction just happened to be what it was where he completely blacked out. 
during the course of the accident, I believe he hit two to three cars. Don't quote me on that, but I know it's between two and three. And he was lucky enough to have a paid lawyer, which, you know, we never really talk about that, the difference between public defenders and lawyers. And I mean, majority of us know the difference. You know, a a public defender, to put in layman's terms, is someone who has a shit ton of cases and is not going to give you the attention that you really truly need on your case, especially if you need an investigation or if you really need someone to really pry into the case and show the inconsistencies between the state and your case. So Mike had uh, this gentleman who unfortunately killed his wife without intention in the car due to blacking out, um, got a paid lawyer and he was facing seven and a half to 15 years. Now, during sentencing, which was, I believe, early this morning, and then I apologize for the late cast, but I wanted to get the most I could out of these details. Mike was in front of the judge with his paid lawyer, and the judge said, okay, you accept your plea, and but I just want to let you know that you're not allowed to be eligible for this boot camp, which was something that they give to first-time offenders who commit a, I I don't want to say heinous, but a more severe crime, such as any sort of type of homicide, murder, anything like that, in a case where it is secondary or, you know, vehicular. So what is very important for people to understand is that it's so important for you to learn about the system, the anything about the judicial system is key for your safety because you never know this story shows you you never know when you are going to be put in a position where you're fighting for your life and uh that goes to show that you know you're paying an attorney especially something where you're fighting a life charge okay you're looking at not a few thousand retainer you're looking at 25,000 to 50,000 to upwards of 100,000 just to retain that attorney so to know that you had this guy that was speaking on your behalf and he didn't even you know mention to you that there was an option for you to you know go to a place where you know you're less likely to be harmed or, or bothered in any way or or even get time off, it, it bothers me. Um, and it made me decide to speak to somebody who actually did some time. And I did. And their insight was, was incredible because the story that I was told trumped Mike's story uh, about Michael killing his wife in the car crash. And what, what this person told me, I... I really can't even imagine living in this person's shoes, knowing what they had in their hands and they they chose otherwise. So long story short, um, what this friend of mine said to me was they were actually awaiting trial or excuse me, not awaiting trial. They were awaiting um, speaking to the judge during normal, you know, uh, court proceedings and they're all under in the bullpen okay and this 18 year old boy comes in um excuse me 18 year old looking rather but I believe turned 21 and he was arrested for dual vehicular homicide and he was 
unconsolable. I mean, from what I hear, there were men in there that didn't even know how to react. And, you know, so a few guys, a few of the more gentler guys decided to ask him what was going on. And, and this young man barely could explain this, but he did that, you know, he actually had a a very, (laughs) I hate to say it this way, excuse me. He had a, a paid lawyer who told him, I have a deal for you. And the deal is, guess what it is? It was going to be, I think first it was going to be seven years, but back to back. And then they decided to go with um, an even lower plea deal because they waited. Usually, and that's another thing I wanted to say is when you wait out the prosecution, it's better for you, but you don't want to wait too long. And clearly you cannot wait too long. So his last offer was six years and he would have did 85% because it's a, you know, listed as a violent act. So he would have been out in four years. Okay. And his lawyer, his paid, highly paid lawyer told him, do not take it. And you may think to yourself, okay, well, he believes he's going to fight this. And I'll tell you why. Because the two parents from the victims spoke on the killer's behalf. And I hate to say killer, but because I know it was unintentional. That says so much about humanity, about how you, and I often think this, how you often say to yourself, you know, to your kids, or maybe you don't, or maybe I was the only kid that was told this, you drive your own car and you don't allow anybody else in that damn car. Now I know why my father said that to me. And these two saints of parents spoke on this man's young man's behalf and said that he had no intention of killing these two individuals who happened to be their kids. And all they wanted to do was celebrate their 21st birthday. And I think that's the thing that stayed with me the most because it shows remorse. It shows, I mean, this guy apparently was so remorseful. It was unbelievable. He he couldn't control his emotions in the courtroom. So it it, it all ties together with Fotis and, and, and the Dulos case on a complete lack of remorse. You know, this case with this young man, and I'll wrap it up with you. What ended up happening was his high paid lawyer said, do not take the six year plea, which he would have only done four years, go to trial. Well, they go to trial and guess what happens? He gets 15 years per death and he needs to serve them in full. So, um, there's a phrase which's like, you know, uh, continuous, or not. And, and these years, it was not going to be simultaneous times. It, it, he has to serve 32 years. He literally had, and I have to stress this to you, he had four years in his hand that he could have taken and he didn't. And he had the family's respect and admiration for standing up to the crime and feeling horrific. And he decided to go to trial and that's what they convicted him on was 32 years. I mean, he's, this happened when he was 18. I think he went away when he was 20, 21. He's going to be, 
he's going to be close to 40, 40, yeah, early 40s when he gets out. His life's ruined. And it's just, it's such a lesson to be learned in so many ways, you know, where there are people literally going to prison for situations that could have been prevented that were horrible, yet these are from people that never made, you know, or even got, not made, never even got a speeding ticket before. So um, I'm not shunning this and saying it's not serious. I'm just saying that it gives you a different view and a different perspective on the criminal system and how criminals are made too, which I will get into in another podcast. But that's my biggest fear for him. And I know a lot of people that I spoke to that are very, very um, smart when it comes to the correctional system and, and how many years it takes and the type of people it takes to be around to completely harden you and make you institutionalized. And he's going to be with lifers. He's going to be with men that have nothing to lose. And that's a very scary thing. Um, I remember asking this individual how this person was. And he said to me, um, you don't even want to know. You know, it was, it was really, really bad. Nobody can calm him down. And I kept thinking to myself, of course not. Are you, are you shitting me? I would be going crazy thinking that I just gave up four years for 32. Um, so I'm worried for him. I really am. Mike, I really am worried for you. Uh, the last I heard, he's doing fine. Um, and they're transferring him, but I mean, it's, it's just, it's just horrific. So there's so many things and I hate to get all sappy on you and then say this, but it's true. There's so many things for you to be grateful for in life. And also look at this as a way of learning about the system and how it works. And the fact that going to trial is not always a good thing. You can say that and puff your chest and make you, you know, appear like you're ready. But I'll tell you this, when you go to trial, there is no predicting what could happen to your life. And this other guy that I was speaking to with my guy friend today really put that in perspective. And I thought to myself, you know, you have to be a really sick, sick son of a bitch to think that you can get away with murdering your wife and thinking that no one would do anything about it. So I guess I'll wrap it up there. I think there's so much I want to tell you about this other story, but it's kind of developing as, as we go. He has, you know, completely given up, received himself at the prison, but it's just, it's tough. He, it's tough. His, it was just newly married. His wife was a gem. They were going out to dinner and then boom, it's life is over in a fucking flash. And I read the article and it really, really resonated with me because I think about so many things that I go through every day and um, just normal day-to-day things. And I'm like, oh, I got to do this or oh, I got to do that. I mean, this type of case with this gentleman could have happened to anybody. And I just, I'm completely floored. I hope that Fotis 
starts to realize that he's not going to win this battle. And I, I could tell that he is so, 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 oh my gosh, conceited and confident and cocky that he'll never, never admit it. But it's the truth. And as I like to believe, the truth will set you free. So thanks for listening. And good morning if you're listening in the morning. And good evening if you're listening right before bed. I'm so happy to have you guys as listeners. I'm so appreciative of everything. And your support means the world to me. Um, I hope that this podcast opens your eyes to a different view and perspective on the system and criminals and how the system can really fail you. Um, So thinking about that with this case, with the Dulos case, it really reminds me that I think I know what's going to happen, but you never know what's going to happen. So think about that and I'll be back before you know it. Have a great day.